Welcome to a special bonus State of Wrestling. It's late at night. I just got home from WWE's Madison Square Garden house show tonight, and I thought I would share my reflection with you guys because upon leaving, I thought to myself it was one of the better house shows that I've ever seen. Now, there's a lot that could happen, and we'll talk a little bit about all of it, but this will just be a quick one, and, I, and, I, and I'll talk to you about what went down since I was there gave and and can give you a first-hand account. Um, I'm going to cover the huge news, by the way, today, breaking that Austin Aries was released from WWE. I'll talk about that this week on the podcast. Also this week on the podcast, uh, assuming that the audio turned out well, which uh, I believe it did, uh, I interviewed AJ Styles at Madison Square Garden. Normally I don't announce the guests, but I interviewed AJ Styles tonight at Madison Square Garden before the show. So I will have that interview for you this week on the podcast. As usual, it will drop Thursday morning. You can usually find it Wednesday night if you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else. But Thursday morning is the is the time, I say, and, uh, and, and that'll be there. So first of all, uh, at the house show tonight at Madison Square Garden at the live event, I know a lot of you saw my pictures and, and stuff on Twitter and Instagram at Not Sam, mainly on Instagram, um, and were wondering about my seats. Like, guys, I was in a suite. You think that, wow, primetime can't get ringside? I was in a suite. As a matter of fact, you might say it was a two-suite. This was a wrestling podcast nerds dream suite okay inside this suite at madison square garden was me it was peter rosenberg it was his guy stack guy greg and it was kaz from wrestle rap all in one suite all reacting to the same stuff it was and and chit-chatting about pro wrestling it was it was it was as fun a time as you can have especially on a show that was as eventful as this night was okay so we'll, let's start from the top of the show it was it was the madison square garden debut for a whole bunch of guys but it was nakamura's debut so this was a special house show um you know, it was it, it's a it's a midsummer Madison Square Garden house show, and it's an interesting one because it's not like it fits on the loop. I think everybody goes to Texas following the Madison Square Garden show tonight, but they decided to bring the Raw guys as well as a couple of special attraction SmackDown matches, which we'll get into, were very very important to the show. It, I mean, it was so cool. The detail that goes into it, right? So. On the suite level, the suites are open at Madison Square Garden, and there's lighting in the ceiling that you can see wherever you're sitting in the building, right? You can look up, and you can look at the suites, and you can see what color the ceiling lights are, as long as they're all uniform, which they are. For all the Raw matches, and you don't have any control over it when you're sitting in the suites, for all the Raw matches, the suites were lit up red. The ceiling of the suites were red. All the SmackDown matches, the suites were lit up blue in the ceiling. Those little details are details you're not going to find anywhere else. And it just makes a difference. Like, you may not even notice it, but on some level, it makes a difference. So they started the night with a SmackDown match. It was Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler. And I know you guys are saying, well, I've seen that match before. But it was a special match. It was Nakamura's debut at Madison Square Garden. First time he's ever wrestled there as much as he's done. 
this was his first night at Madison Square Garden. And it was one of, it was, it might be my favorite of the series of Nakamura-Dolph Ziggler matches. There was more strong style, I found, in this match than Nakamura's been uh, showing on television. There were a couple of really cool, there's one very, very cool kick off the top rope from Nakamura, and I'm sure there's not the technical name for it, that I really, really enjoyed. It, it was great. Nakamura was so, everybody was so excited to see him super over, giant reaction. Um, uh, Nakamura beat Dolph Ziggler, but they gave him a whole bunch of time, and uh, it was great. It was just a great match, and it was great to see Nakamura's Madison Square Garden debut. Then they did R-Truth versus Goldust. The match didn't have a ton of time. It was decent, you know, but it was short uh, with R-Truth winning. But uh, it was great because as Goldust is leaving, and this is the type of stuff, like Madison Square Garden live events, house shows are specifically special ones. When, when Goldust is leaving, right, the New York crowd is cheering for him. They're going like, yeah, Goldust, like you did it. Like th- there's this respect for Goldust. I think because everybody sees that whether it's in the ring or doing promos or vignettes or whatever it is, Goldust is working on a level that at his age he should not be able to work at. And it's one of the, the top levels. I mean, it, it's right there. I, I think the best Goldust was probably his first year in WWE for me. And maybe that's because the character was so new and edgy. But I just also in the ring, I think. The stuff he was doing when he first got to WWE uh, was really, really cool. But aside from that, I think this might be one of the best eras of Goldust. And, and physically, just watching him, it's just amazing to see him after all this time, how well he's doing. So everybody's clapping for him. He gets this standing ovation as he leaves the arena. And, and and he sits on the entrance stage as he's about to walk back to the locker room. And it's like he's soaking it all in and everybody's clapping for him. And then he just picks up his hands and he just brushes everybody off. He just waves them off. And I was like, oh, yes. Like, I just, I just, I just stayed in it. I was like, good for you, Goldust. You had your opportunity to be like, oh, man, you know, Storylines aside, I really appreciate that you guys still respect me. And he stayed in character. That's exactly what makes Goldust so good. He stayed in character and he was just a bad guy. And you don't see that that often. It was great. He brushed everybody off as they're trying to respect him. So cool. Next match, another Raw match. It was uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus Samoa Joe and The Miz. Uh, the Miz came out and just right out of the gate had a New York-specific bad guy promo to start, which was fantastic. He was insulting the Knicks. He was doing everything you can do to get Madison Square Garden to boo you, and boy, did he. And I'll tell you, man, people talk about Dean Ambrose like, okay, it kind of feels like we're seeing the same thing. When Ambrose's music hit, the first thing, when that when that engine or whatever it is revved up, it was like one of the biggest pops of the night. It was one of the biggest reactions, and it was all positive. There was no booze. There was nobody sitting on their hands that had everybody like, yeah! Like, and it was, it was that instant, real reaction. It was that instant reaction of, I, I didn't plan on doing this. I'm not doing it to be cool. I'm not doing it because it's what you're supposed to do. It's just, 
it's real life. It's how I feel right now. And it was it, it was cool to see. And it's like now you, now it's clear why Dean Ambrose is in the position that he's in. Because if people just react to him. Whether you think that you've seen The Miz and, and Dean Ambrose too many times or not, the people really react to Ambrose, and they still do. Uh, and it's and it's it's fun that right now on Raw you've got all the Shield members as good guys, and we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that because there that that is a discussion point, and it did come up tonight at Madison Square Garden. Um, lots of stuff going on uh, in this match. Uh, very interesting to see the Miz and Samoa Joe tag teaming. You know, because they're both bad guys, but they're both very different uh, stylistically. They don't exactly fit. And Samoa Joe is not a tag team guy. But, and again, I mean, you're already seeing that if Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus Samoa Joe and The Miz are going on this early, and they've taken two cool matches, you could have easily had uh, uh, Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe and Dean Ambrose versus The Miz. But you could, that's, that's, that's how loaded this card was. Um, but uh, you know, you know, Maurice was trying to interfere. She ends up getting ejected. The Miz is afraid of Dean Ambrose the whole time, and Dean Ambrose is like at one point laying on his back waiting for the Miz. Lots of cool stuff going on in this match. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose won. Um, they had Cedric Alexander get a shot at Neville's cruiserweight championship, which I was uh, surprised by, just because. Yeah, I would have thought that they would have had Tazawa on the show, but just to, you know, whatever, warm up for the pay-per-view on Sunday. But Cedric Alexander got the shot anyway, and it was really interesting. It, it feels like, and maybe, maybe it has something to do with travel, maybe, I don't know. But tonight it felt like Cedric Alexander uh, is being looked at as a prime candidate for that cruiserweight division. And maybe they're trying something with him because because uh, they just lost Austin Aries. I don't know. But it was for sure a moment to make Cedric Alexander look strong. Neville ended up winning the match, but it was because Neville got his feet up on the ropes. Like, he didn't just demolish Cedric Alexander. Cedric could could was given the opportunity to leave Madison Square Garden with his head held high. And they got some time. They got some real time. I don't think, in 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 hindsight, I don't know if I was looking or not, but I don't think that they used the purple tape on the ropes for the house show, which I like. At the house shows, they use at this house show anyway. They used white ropes. I don't know if they do that at every live event now, but it, and maybe that was because this is co-branded. I don't know for sure, but they used white ropes, and I don't think that they purpleized them. For the, for the cruiserweight match, uh, which is good. Um, then, then there was the match right before intermission, which was AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Now, this is a match that all of us in the two-suite were looking forward to watching because it's just a cool match, right? It's just like we get to get a taste of what's going to go down with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. And it was back and forth. And, I mean, I don't need to tell you, but, of course, AJ Styles, super popular in New York. Kevin Owens, pretty popular, but it seemed like people were getting into booing him. Not in a in a bad way, just in a embracing the fact that he's the bad guy here. And that's easier to do when you have a guy like AJ Styles to compete with because AJ Styles is such a likable good guy. Like, because everybody agrees that AJ Styles is the bestest. 
AJ Styles is the awesomest. So it's easy to boo the guy that AJ Styles is wrestling. Um, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was cool. It was back and forth. It was everything you can expect from an AJ Styles-Kevin Owens match. But what made this match specifically special was that as it's happening, and it was almost like this moment, like we looked around at each other, and I think a lot of the audience looked around at each other, like what just happened? You know, was, it, I, was there a mistake made? Was that supposed to happen? I don't, I don't understand. AJ hit the phenomenal forearm uh, on Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens had kicked out of a Styles Clash. AJ hits him with the phenomenal forearm, and he goes for the cover. And I'm going like, whoa, and it's one of those matches where they're both hitting each other hard. There's a bunch of near falls, and, you're, and you know, emotions are high. The referee goes down to count. All of a sudden, it's one, two, three. And we're going, wait, what? Ding, ding, ding. Ring announcer uh, uh, Mike Rome announces him. The winner of this match and new United States champion AJ Styles. AJ won the championship. And we're sitting there. And you saw on my picture, I guess it was tough to see because, you know, the, the suites are up high. It was tough to see that AJ was holding the United States championship. But he was in the picture that I posted on Instagram. And, and AJ was holding it up and he reacted to it. And I'm sitting there. So... He does the, to me, I'll always uh, think about Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12, the moment where he's kneeling in the ring and he's just kind of taking it all in and realizing that this dream has come true. Like there's this dramatic moment. Kevin Owens is now out of the ring and AJ Styles is down on his knees with the championship going like, I can't believe I'm the United States champion, which is so good in terms of adding value to the championship. When you have AJ Styles sort of uh, um, be out of his mind looking after everything AJ Styles has done in his career looking at that championship as if to say I can't believe you're mine it really adds to the United States title when you see stuff like that and he went to every corner he's holding it up he's holding up the championship he goes to that corner post to that corner post to that corner post and the whole time I and I think a lot of people in the building are waiting for you know, I don't know, Daniel Bryan's music to play and say, look, AJ, I like you, but we got to start this match over. Or Kevin Owens to say my foot was on the rope. Or anything. Anything. And it didn't, it never happened. It, he just won the United States Championship. Now, a few things could happen here. This is, this is really, AJ Styles' United States Championship win is one of the main reasons why I decided to cut a podcast tonight and just push it out there for you guys to enjoy and 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 to reflect because there's a lot to talk about, you know. Is it going to be this thing where AJ AJ could lose the title in Texas? You know, AJ could there was this they they used to trade titles sometimes. They 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 got into a, I don't know, I don't want to say it's a habit, but in the in the mid 90s, every now and then they would trade titles over the weekend at house shows and then report like the next the next weekend on superstars it would be like the head shrinkers dropped the tag titles to this team and then won it back so by the time they're back on TV all the championships are in the same spots where they left them but it was just this way of saying hey man come to these live events cuz you never know what's going to happen two title changes happened over the weekend and it was just for the live audiences. It was non-televised. So it could be something like that. It could be this thing where 
AJ loses the championship to Kevin Owens this weekend, and then they go to SmackDown because all of these shows are taped. They're not taped uh, the same way television is. Like the, the the hard cam is not there. It's not it's not taped for broadcast, but it is recorded so that should something like this happen, you'll be able to see clips. And I'm sure that they're going to talk about it on SmackDown this week if they don't mention it on Raw, because you know why do it if not to say. Anything can happen at a live event. And there is nothing, like, when you go to one of these live events and a title changes, like, you're like, oh, it it feels so much more like history. It feels so much more special than seeing a title change at a pay-per-view or on TV or whatever it is, just because it's unexpected. Nobody sees it coming. And nobody saw it coming this time, you know? Nobody thought, as I said, Everybody was waiting for that decision to change or for the match to get restarted or for whatever it was. Or even, I thought Kevin Owens would come back at the end of the night and demand a rematch and AJ would grant it and then he'd get screwed out of the title. But AJ left New York City the new United States champion. If they don't wrestle again until SmackDown, AJ Styles is your United States champion on television. He's the guy. He won the championship tonight. And it's so cool that it happened at a house show at Madison Square Garden. It really is cool. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I, w- I would imagine that this won't be the start of a serious United States title run. I would imagine that AJ will either lose it at the house shows um, this weekend or he'll lose it on SmackDown this week. I would imagine that this AJ, ti- AJ Styles title win is to set something up so that Kevin Owens gets the title back and AJ's rematch comes at Battleground. I think that that that's the real Battleground is more or less two weeks away in Philly. And I think that the the point of this switch is so that Kevin Owens can do something dastardly to get the title back and now we have a vested interest, right? The, the, The story of AJ chasing the United States title becomes even more interesting if we all and AJ as a character consider that championship to belong to AJ Styles. So if we don't see, I would, who knows? If it were up to me, I would probably have the rematch on SmackDown this week. You know, I would have, because I would want that buzz. I would think it's better for the rating if now the internet has told everybody AJ Styles is the United States champion and we go into SmackDown with a new US champion. Because people, even though it's all it's all over YouTube, it's all over this, it's all over that, people are going to want to see the WWE's television presentation of at least the moment where Kevin Owens loses the United States title. People are going to want to see the justification that Kevin Owens has for losing the United States title and people will be interested in in a rematch and what Kevin Owens does to win it back. So that would be my prediction, that Kevin Owens will win the U.S. title back on SmackDown. Um, But still, such a cool thing to see happen at the Garden um, and really was one of the things that made the show. So then they go to intermission, perfect, perfect timing. Everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe what we just saw. Um, They come back from intermission. It's Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, Emma, and Nia Jax. Um, cool match. Everybody got some, some time to shine. And uh, I don't think it will be any to come as a surprise to anybody that Emma 
took the L for the bad ladies team. But maybe, maybe not. It'll come as a surprise. Sasha got the victory. I think it's really interesting because we're heading into a pay-per-view where Sasha's getting that women's championship match. Um, some people think that Sasha Banks is just going to be used as a speed bump for Alexa Bliss on the way to SummerSlam. But, you know, she is being made to look strong leading into SummerSlam. She got the decision via a submission here at this live event. Uh, and and so I she is being made to look strong leading to the pay-per-view. That said, I still feel like with Sasha, it's it's... You can't have her lose a bunch and then win a bunch and then lose a bunch and then win a bunch and think that her winning makes up for her losing because it really doesn't. You know, the, the the losses don't go away. You need to have a lot of wins to, to forget about the losses. Uh, I'm glad to see her looking strong, and it was cool to see it happen tonight. But uh, I still think that, that Sasha needs a lot of... of work done for that character to regain the credibility that it had when she first got to WWE. I mean, she's a star. She's a star, 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 star. And I I do think that, that it is possible for her to be displayed more as a star, for weaknesses to be hidden, for strengths to be highlighted. Uh, that said, one way you can highlight her strength is to have her tap out somebody at a Madison Square Garden live event that is this newsworthy. So congrats to Sasha Banks. Only real disappointment of the evening was Finn Balor getting a match with Carl Anderson. Now, normally that 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 match itself is not a disappointment, and it wasn't lost on the New York crowd. Uh, everybody was chanting Bullet Club as Finn Balor and Carl Anderson stared each other down. And, of course, Luke Gallows was there at Carl Anderson's side. This is a match that's exciting for people to see. People know. I mean, I don't know if you can run it in every city, but people in New York, people online, like people know about the Bullet Club. People are excited that this is a thing. And it's really interesting because I think when you talk about the Bullet Club, it's been so long and they've been so noteworthy that you now associate Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with the Bullet Club. You know, you've gone through since Finn Balor and Carl since Finn Balor, you've gone through AJ Styles. You've gone through Adam Cole. You've gone it's been a while. But it's still on the tip of everybody's tongue. Before Carl Anderson and Finn Balor even touched each other. Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Bullet Club. My disappointment was that the match lasted like a minute and a half. And it ended clean. As I said last week on the show, I don't think Finn Balor should ever lose, and he certainly didn't. Carl Anderson was the victim of a coup de grace in what was probably about 90 seconds. It was I, I don't think it went two minutes. Uh, it was a blink of an eye, and the match was over, which was kind of disappointing because as a fan, a big fan of Carl Anderson and Finn Balor, this was like a fun little match for me. Like, you wouldn't see a real Finn Balor-Carl Anderson match on Raw right now. That's not something that, at the moment, maybe in the future, but at the moment, you wouldn't see Finn Balor and Carl Anderson go 20 minutes on Raw. But, at a live event, why not give them some time? Why not see what's there, you know? Let them do some fun stuff. Obviously, people are aware of the past, right? Obviously, people are aware of the significance in this city at least. So while we're in New York, let's shake it up. Let's do something. Uh, but we didn't. We had Finn Balor defeat Carl Anderson in a couple of minutes. 
Uh, and again, it's exciting to go to a live event because you get to see a match like this. But, you know, I just wish it had gone longer. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro retain the Tag Team Championships over the Hardys. Always cool to see the Hardys in Madison Square Garden. Uh, it was a good match. It was not an Iron Man match, but uh, we'll see that at the pay-per-view on Sunday. And then the main event of the evening. And by the way, no dead spots on this show. At no point was the crowd exhausted. At no point was there really much fatigue. And it was, I don't know if it was officially sold out, but it was a very healthy audience. Not surprising at Madison Square Garden, but it was a very, very healthy audience. You know, there were no, like, uh, oof, that's an empty spot. Uh, there are usually people in those seats. Not that fe- And I've been to shows where that's been the feeling, but that was not the feeling tonight. It was a very, very healthy audience. The main event was Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. Um, kind of a typical Bray Wyatt match against a big, good guy. Um, Bray got in some serious offense, you know. He got in a bunch of good offensive moves. But in the end, Roman Reigns obviously won the match. However, after Roman Reigns wins the match, something really cool happens. Now, normally with live events, there are not guys on the show that are just there for a run-in. Like, you know, on TV, you'll have guys that run in in a match, and that'll be their segment for TV that week. On a live event, people have matches. And if you don't have a match... You're generally not on the show. Like Luke Gallows would be an exception to that rule, but that makes a, some sense because Carl Anderson has a match and he's he's the tag partner. It'd be weird for Carl Anderson not to come to the ring with Luke Gallows. But what was cool, and because of that, unexpected, where on TV it might be expected, at a live event it was unexpected, the ambulance siren starts wailing. He didn't drive an ambulance to the ring, but the siren was there over the PA system, and out comes... Braun Strowman. The audience lost their minds. When Roman Reigns came out, it was it was a very, you know, it was a, it was a John Cena-esque, not quite as loud, but back and forth. Let's go Roman. Roman sucks. A lot of kids, a lot of women cheering, a lot of men booing. It was the typical Roman Reigns response, but it was it was good. You know, it was an energized, healthy Roman Reigns response. Braun Strowman was cheered. If you can't see Braun Strowman as a good guy. I don't know. I get these tweets because I talk about Braun Strowman being a good guy on the show all the time. But I get these tweets from people that are like, no, Braun Strowman's a bad guy. He's obviously a bad guy. No, he's not. He was getting cheered. He was getting the typical thank you Strowman chance when he came out and he and he jumped Roman Reigns. He started beating him up. Um, and 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 it was obvious to me that as he was beating up a good guy, imagine, imagine what that power could do to stop an evil force. Imagine what a bad guy would have to, what, what that guy would do to protect justice from bad guys. Braun Strowman will get there, and you'll all you'll all say, you know what, Sam called it. He did it again. Wrestling's Nostradamus. He knew somehow. He knew. Sam just knew. That should be the philosophy of people who listen to the show. So Braun Strowman comes out. He clears out the ring. Uh, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt is rolled out, I think. And uh, he, he threw Roman Reigns out. Um, and then they did, some, they did an interesting thing. Cedric Alexander's music hit. And Cedric Alexander runs out to beat up Rome, uh, uh, Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman just flattens him. Then R-Truth's music hit. And R-Truth runs out. And he gets flattened by Braun Strowman. And at this point, I'm like, 
what are we doing here? But then Seth Rollins' music hits, and it's like, well, now we got something cool. Now we got something interesting. Seth Rollins comes out, and you're looking at it like, oh, where is this going? And he gets up on the top rope, and he's about to do something offensive, offensive to Braun Strowman. When, of course, oh, yeah, I forgot. He's in a rivalry with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt jumps Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins gets laid out. Bray Wyatt goes in the ring. And you've got this super cool moment of Bray and Braun looking at each other. And it's like it's the Wyatt family reunion. But listen, Braun Strowman was a very different Braun Strowman when he was a Wyatt. Nobody looked at Braun Strowman. Like, Braun Strowman's name came up as a potential opponent for The Undertaker at WrestleMania while he was in the Wyatt family. And I, for one, but many people were like, no way, that's ridiculous, that's disgusting, that's gross, how could you do this to The Undertaker? It was a different Braun Strowman, because if you said that today and The Undertaker hadn't done his retirement thing last year, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. Yep, that's probably the right guy. Yep. How is The Undertaker going to beat that monster among men? But so you had this great moment with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, because Braun Strowman, right, he can no longer be controlled, one would think. So part of you is like, this is awesome, the Wyatts are back together, and then the other part is like, wait a minute, is Braun Strowman really going to listen to Bray Wyatt anymore? Me no think so. But they didn't, they stayed aligned until Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns took them both out and, and made short work of them, and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns then stood in the ring together after the show. I mean, at, you know, at the end of that last match. And people were cheering, and then they were chanting for Ambrose, and then they were chanting for The Shield, and they would not stop chanting for Ambrose. And it was one of those things where it couldn't be ignored. The whole building was demanding Dean Ambrose. Unfortunately, I don't know, Seth Rollins grabs the microphone, and he says Dean Ambrose is probably about 15 beers deep at the bar right now. That's the bad news. The good news is, New York, we hear you. Which is cool. I mean, well, it's not that cool. I, I, hopefully there is, you know, there are ears on what's being asked for. I think a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion of some sort will happen. Um, you know, it's nice to see people reminisce over something that's not 20 years old. It's nice to see people demand uh, a reunion of a faction that's only a couple years old. It's still this era. You know, that, that, that does speak well to at least that portion of the storytelling that's going on uh, right now in the world of WWE. It's cool. I support it. Um, but, I, you know, I think that Dean Ambrose had probably just gone home and they didn't expect that reaction. I don't know if it's fair to say they should have. Hindsight is always going to be twenty twenty, But the positive of that is that it was real. It was real. You know it wasn't a Pavlovian thing. It was a real reaction that the audience had. Because if it was something that the audience had been trained to do, well, then Dean Ambrose would have been there and they would have sent him out. The fact that he wasn't in the building anymore would lead one to believe that this was a real reaction that the audience had that caught WWE off guard. And when the audience can catch you off guard with something that is a positive thing, it's good news to me. I think it's very, very good news. So that was the show. Definitely a, a, a super newsworthy show. The Finn Balor-Carl Anderson match is, you know, an interesting choice. Uh, the Roman Reigns-Braun Strowman beating up guys, Shield reunion, Wyatt reunion, that's really, 
really interesting. And then, dude, AJ Styles is the United States champion in WWE. Right now, at the time of this recording, that's why I didn't wait till tomorrow morning to put out this show. AJ Styles, let it sink in, is the WWE United States champion. Such a fun show. I hope this uh, recap was worthwhile for you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You get all the uh, bonus shows. You'll know when they come out. And, uh, uh, of course, Thursday morning, you can hear my interview with AJ Styles that I conducted, you know, like maybe an hour, maybe two hours before he would go on to win the United States Championship at Madison Square Garden. So cool. So cool. Thanks for listening to the bonus. We'll... uh, We'll see you on Thursday. Hey, if you haven't, by the way, listen to this week's show. Listen to this week's show. State of Wrestling is great. Bye.